Good morning, everyone, and happy Pentecost Sunday. What a great day to celebrate the Lord. You know, before we get into the Word today, uh, I hope you enjoyed worship. Um, also, I want to just say thank you for all of you that continue to support support our, our church and uh, pray for us. Many of you are praying for us, praying for me and my family and our leaders. Many of you uh, even send me messages of encouragement. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, and many of you uh, continue to support our church uh, uh, with your finances, with your offering, with your tithe. Uh, thank you so much for that. You know, even though we have been uh, shut down because of this uh, virus COVID-19, our church continues to do ministry. You know, we just got word uh, with uh, one of the organizations we partner with to help build latrines or restrooms for orphans in Kenya. And, you know, even though we're uh, not able to meet and, you know, ministry still goes on, there's still need. And so we are so thankful for our dedicated uh, people or our dedicated friends of the church and members. Thank you for your generosity and giving. It's because of you, ministry goes on. You know, we are thankful for that. And thank you for always giving to our church. And we pray that God will give you a very good blessing in return because I know that when you sow, you shall also reap. And you know, as today we enter, uh, this is um, uh, Pentecost Sunday. You know, Pentecost, it means 50, uh, you know, that, um, that from the time that um, Jesus rose from the dead, you know, uh, it's 50 and they waited for the promise. And so we're going to look at some scriptures today and I hope you would join. I hope you have your Bibles there uh, as we look at the word of God. And in the book of Acts chapter one, verse four and five, it reads like this and being assembled together with them. And this is Jesus. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You know, um, not many days from now. You know, I want to talk to you today about waiting on my promise, waiting on my promise. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word, for your word is life. It is it is everlasting. Your word gives us confidence. Your word gives us hope. Your word gives brings us joy and comfort. Your word gives us peace. It gives us instruction of how to live and how to live with uh, abundant life. Thank you so much for your word. It is your word that you breathe in, into your spirit. The word becomes rhema. It is by the Holy Spirit uh, a breathing upon your word. Thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Bless the listeners today as they uh, uh, understand, help their mind. They may be uh, able to comprehend their ears. They may be able to hear and their hearts may be able to receive. Bless your word today in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. You know, in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, this is Jesus being with them. He had risen from the dead. And the Bible says that he was with them for 40 days. Uh, they saw him walk through walls. They saw him uh, cooking fish on the side of the beach when they were uh, um, uh, 
fishing. Uh, they, they saw him. Many people saw him. And here uh, he commands them in, uh, in Matthew, towards the end of Matthew, in Mark, he goes, go make disciples. And oftentimes we think that that was the last commandment that Jesus uh, told the disciples to, is to go and make disciples of all nations or all men teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We think that's the last commandment, but the reality is the very last commandment that God, uh, Jesus spoke to him while he was yet on the earth was in Acts chapter one. He says this, he says that wait for the promise. He said, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave that this place until you receive the promise. And you know, imagine uh, here, uh, this is the time when, when a lot of things are happening. Jesus had just been crucified 40 days earlier. He's risen from the dead. The Bible says that when he rose from the dead, that there were other people that rose from the dead and people began to see their ones that was laid in the grave, came back and there was witnesses in the sea. There were miracles that was around Jesus that even to his disciples, one of the miracles is they were, he walked right through the walls when they were sitting there. He didn't use a door. He just walked right there and appeared to him. His body was immortal. You know, Thomas was able to touch his hands and his side and notice the, the nail prints. There are so many things. And, and yet they were afraid because the Romans and the religious leaders of the time were, were, were upset because they thought that they were trying to say that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, that his disciples had stolen his body. So there was a lot of things and commotion that's happening. And yet in this time, Jesus says to them, wait. You know, one of the hardest things for us is to wait. Waiting is hard. How many of you here uh, hate to wait in line at the grocery store? How many of you here hate to wait in line uh, uh, to get anything? You know, everything is instant now. And you notice that the, uh, we, we don't like to wait, especially uh, us here uh, in America. We do not like to wait. Uh, you know, when you go to amusement parks or, or all these parks around, you hate to wait for the rides, don't you? I mean, they say, oh, the ride is 45 minutes, the ride's an hour and a half, the ride is two hour wait. Has anybody here ever been to an amusement park or a big park and you had to wait that long? It, it, you know, nobody likes to wait. But oftentimes, uh, it's like that in the spirit. We think that God commanded us, go make disciples. God commanded us, go out there, and we're just going to go. But he told his disciples to wait. Wait a minute. If he told the, the disciples to wait, and they're the ones that had personal and eyewitness. They were there when Jesus walked on the water. They were there when he fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. They were there when he raised Lazarus from the dead. They were there when uh, uh, miracles would happen and lepers, people that had leprosy were healed, people that were blind, men that were blind were healed, people that were dead, he would raise. They were there. You know, the, of all people, they would be excited and say, Jesus, you know what? We're going to go out there and we're going to win uh, the world to you because you commanded us to make disciples of all men. But he says, wait. You know, wait. As as us, as, as human beings, we have a hard time waiting, don't we? That's why uh, we have instant messaging, isn't it? You know, it, it's instant. You know, have you ever had someone call you and, and they don't answer the, uh, or you don't answer the phone and they're like, where, where are you at? 
You know, wait, I just picked, I just walked away from my phone five minutes. Where are you? You know, people want instant. We have instant popcorn. We have instant pizza. We have everything instant because we don't like to wait. You know, and I can imagine the disciples here are anxious. They're anxious that now they can say, you know what? Our Savior is 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 here. Our Savior is risen. Uh, we did not believe in vain that he is the true and living and only God that ever was raised from the dead, uh, rose from the dead. And here they are waiting. But Jesus tells them, wait on my promise. You know, some of you are waiting on your promise. But at Pentecost, we're waiting is because God is not just uh, uh, wanting us for our benefit and to be benefit and our blessing, but he's doing something. Look, I want you to look with me in verse uh, uh, Acts of 1 in verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of of the earth. You know what? We cannot be witnesses without the power. We cannot be witnesses without the power of the Holy Spirit coming on us. And I know what you're asking. You say, Pastor, I thought that when I became a Christian that Jesus, I already have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do. That the Holy Spirit is in you. That means he is for yourself, for you for your own sanctification, for your own benefit, but the Holy Spirit being up on you is for someone else. It is for you to empower. It is for you to set people free. It is for you to give, walk in the gifts of the Holy Spirit of healing and prophecy and wisdom and gift of faith and gift of miracles and that uh, you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it means that we have power to set the captives free. We have power given to us by the authority of Jesus to go and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, something's very significant about Pentecost. When you look at the book of the Old Testament in the book of Genesis or Exodus chapter 32. See, this is according to the Jewish, this is what they call Shuvat. That means Pentecost. It is in Acts or Exodus chapter 32, it is when Moses received the law. It is when we read the story of God himself writing on tablets of stone uh, of the Ten Commandments and the law. And it is that very moment, that time, we, we see that uh, the golden calf was made by Aaron, Moses' brother. And they began to worship the golden calf while Moses was at the mountain Sinai getting the law. You see, getting the word of God and, and yet down here in the bottom of the mountain, they were worshiping idols. And the Bible says that as Moses came down, he became so angry. And on that day that the law was given, 3,000 men died. 3,000 people died. They just died because they broke the law. They were uh, uh, they did not worship the king the, of kings. They did not worship the Lord. They had died. And so on the day that the law was given, 3,000 people died. But I want you to look with me that in the book of Acts chapter 2, it says in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one 
accord in one place. Uh, you know, it rep represents, it means that they were shut in. You got to understand right now that uh, they were waiting on the promise. But secondly, that there was a lot of commotion going on during this time in Jerusalem. The Romans had ruled Jerusalem. The religious leaders were looking for Christians. And a lot of the, uh, or believers in Jesus, a lot of the new believers in Jesus were Jewish. The, Peter was a Jew. John was the Jew. James was the Jew. Okay? And they were looking for them uh, to put them in jail. And so they were shut in. Many of us are shut in because of the pandemic. And so he says, when the uh, day of Pentecost had fully come, he said, they were all in one accord in one place. Uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were. In verse 3, then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, a fire. The Holy Spirit fire sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave under it. You know that, that when they were waiting, they were then given the Holy Spirit power. Brothers and sisters, you know the Bible says that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundant. But I can tell you right now, if you've ever been a slave, you've ever been bound something, that you cannot say that I've lived an abundant life. Because abundance means that you have extra, right? You have extra, that you live in uh, um, extra. There is no uh, bondage upon your life. You know, there are uh, often times we say, well, but I'm not a slave. I've never been a slave or no one. But have we been a slave with our past? Have the past uh, uh, things that we've done cause us to be enslaved? Has the things that we have been hurt enslaved us? You know, that ha has the abuses of life or neglect of life, has it bound us? You know, uh, my, my wife and I were praying for someone that we know, we love dearly. And what we realized that when they were a child, they had been basically abandoned by their parents. Not the fault of their parents, but it's just they grew up very poor in a very poor part of the world and they were abandoned. And through that, they went through their entire life thinking that their parents don't want them or thinking that no one loves them and that they, that they have to depend on themselves. And, and even though they are successful in their life, they've become successful, they've had children, you know, but there are things that have bound them that at night they can't sleep, at night they are uh, restless, that they feel uh, like other people would leave them. That's not an abundant life. An abundant life is when you and I uh, can walk and have joy. You and I can have peace. See, peace is gives us abundance. But when we walk in bondage, and I'm not saying that it's your fault. There's times that it is, but I'm not saying it is, but there are things that is beyond our capability to be free. But yet on the day of Pentecost, they begin to speak in tongues. And in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse oh. 40 and 41. I want you to follow me and just follow me today. It says, and with many other words, this is Peter, he had testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now wait a minute. This Peter, 
the apostle Peter, he denied Jesus three times. He told the people at the courtyard when Jesus was being uh, brought up uh, uh, in front of the uh, legal scholars and in front of Pontius Pilate. It was like, I don't know him. Uh, people said, no, no, you're one of his followers. No, no, I don't know him. No, we seen you with him. No, I don't know him. And the Bible says that he denied him. He lied that he didn't know Jesus three times. But yet on the day of Pentecost, on the day of empowerment, on the day when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he opens his mouth and preaches the message of Jesus Christ. He speaks about the gospel, the good news. Why was he so bold? Why was he so free to speak about the goodness of God and that God uh, or Jesus is the true God and that he rose from the dead? Why was he so bold, but yet when he saw Jesus walk on water, he was the, other dis uh, he was the only uh, disciple of Jesus that walked on water. And when he saw Jesus feed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, uh, when he seen uh, miracles after miracles, he was not bold when Jesus was being uh, brought up uh, on charges, uh, false charges. He was not bold when people were saying, you're one of his, when Jesus was about to be crucified. He was not even at the foot of the cross. But yet on the day of Pentecost, he was bold and he stood up. Brothers and sisters, right now, why was he bold? Why was he became a man that denied Christ? Didn't uh, say that he didn't know him to a man that was boldly standing in front of everyone. The Bible says that there were other people from other nations that heard him speak. Uh, the, the, the people that there heard him speak in their own language. And Peter says, and some of them mocked him, said, oh, these guys are drunk. That's what they, they had too much wine. And he goes, no, no, no. These men aren't drunk, as you say. And he begins to preach a message. And at the end of the message, he says that, you know what? He says, this is, be saved from this perverse generation. He was so bold that say you need to be saved. I don't know, uh, you need to be saved. You need Jesus in your life. And the Bible says that they were baptized and 3,000 souls came to Christ that day. Now, wait a minute. It's day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Exodus chapter 32. 3,000 people died when the law was given. But on Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people were added into the kingdom of God because of the Spirit. What? Wait a minute. In the Old Testament, 3, 000, the law was given, the, word, the law of God, the Ten Commands was given. 3,000 people died. But when the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit was given, 3,000 people came to Christ. Why is that? It is because of what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 or chapter 3 and verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Or in another way, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Oh, brothers and sisters, I, I want to tell you how important it is for you and I to have the Holy Spirit not only in us, but upon us. Because when we walk in the spirit he gives us the freedom from our past that we can boldly proclaim about our future we can boldly proclaim that if i if god can set me free 
you can also be free because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, brothers and sisters, here's Peter. He was a liar. He was a denier uh, of, of Jesus. And yet he walked with Jesus. He, 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 he saw Jesus do many miracles. Uh, and he even himself said, I will never deny Jesus. But yet that day when the spirit came, it gave him the freedom from his past. And it allowed him the boldness to say, I'm free because God still loved me. I am not bound by the law, but I'm bound. By the love of God. I'm bound by the Spirit. You see, the law makes us enslaved to sin. See, the Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay? And he says that, and the Bible also says that the law leads us to death. But the Spirit gives us life. And so on that day of Pentecost, no wonder why Jesus wanted them to wait. is because he knew that if they were waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon us, he will set us free from our spheres. He will set us free from our past. He will set us free from our deeds. Because he said, where my spirit is, there is freedom. And when you and I can walk in freedom, that represents we have abundance. Uh, that means we can proclaim freedom to other people. How can a man that denied his Lord three times stand up and preach the gospel like he did? How can a man be that empowered? It is because the Holy Spirit came upon him and it allowed him to be free from his past. See, today my sermon is waiting on my promise. There are some of you that saying, Lord, I'm waiting on my promise. Lord, I, I need this. I'm waiting on you. And some of you are waiting and saying, you know, if you would just give me a sign, a signal, uh, I will go and do these things. But brothers and sisters, the reason is we don't often wait on our promise. We just want to do, 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 do because we think that it's our own ability. See, Peter was just a fisherman. He's never been to seminary. He, yeah, he was not well learned. He was just a fisherman. He was a simple guy. But yet he had the words is because the Holy Spirit empowered him, gave him freedom, gave him a chance to be all that he can be. Brothers and sisters, right now there are some of you that might be waiting on a promise. You're waiting on a promise from God. But what I want to tell you right now, don't, just, don't wait for things. Wait for the Spirit. Spend time. You know, one of the things that on this day, the Bible says that they were waiting and they were in one mind and one accord. Brothers and sisters, right now during this pandemic, maybe the, the country is opening back up, but it is a great opportunity for you to say, Holy Spirit, come upon me. I'm waiting on my promise. And it's not just for this person and not me or that person and not me. Oh, it's just for the pastor and not me. No, it is. He says in the last days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. You know what all means? It means all. That means everyone. That, that you, that includes you, it includes me, it includes our children, it includes those that cry out to God. Brother and sister, you might be waiting on your promise, but the greatest promise you need to be waiting on is the promise of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon you. Because when you have power, then you can walk in the freedom that God has given you. When you are 
full of his Holy Spirit, then you can help other people and teach them and set them free and lead them to Jesus. Because only then you can feel this life of abundance. See, brothers and sisters, to me, living a life of abundance cannot be in just one area. Because if one area is good and everything else is bad, that's not really abundance. You know what? When Jesus says, I come to set you uh, free, I, I, I come to set you free from sin. I come to catch you free from the curse of sin. I come some to set you free from slavery. You know, I can't, could you imagine a person that has been enslaved and they said, well, you, you're free now. Well, what does that mean? Well, you're only free from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock noon. You're only free from 8 a.m. Then you're not really free. You see, when you're free, it means you're free. It means you're free to be who you are. It means you're free to think. You're free to love. That means you're free to dance. You're free to sing. It means you're free from your past, that your past doesn't bind you and your sins don't bind you. All you have to do is repent right here. We repent. If they would repent and be baptized and it comes upon you. See, waiting on our promise oftentimes, we're like, oh, I'm waiting on my promise. No, the greatest promise you and I have is to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. Because then when you can go out and be bold and proclaim liberty to those that are captive, to proclaim liberty to those around. And not only that, proclaim liberty within your own family, in your own heart. When you feel the Holy Spirit come upon you, you feel bold and you feel uh, that you have the authority that's given to you in God. Brother says, I don't know where you are today on Pentecost Sunday, but if you're waiting on your promise, he's here. He wants to come upon you today. He wants to bless you today. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Let, just reach out your hands. Maybe lift up your hands right now to the heavens. Say, uh, Holy Spirit, today is Pentecost Sunday. Come upon me and do me with your power. Give me the power so I can live an abundant life. Give me the power that I can set other people free and share with them your love and your power. Give me that power so I can operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that many more people would know you. God, give me the power because you said where your spirit is, there is liberty. Let your spirit come upon me so I can set at liberty those that are captive. See, when you don't have power, you feel timid to share. But when we are full of the Holy Spirit, we can go with boldness and we can have the passion of God. Today, I hope that you're waiting on your promise and that promise is the Holy Spirit that's given to you. You right now watching me, just ask the Lord, Holy Spirit come, come upon me and wait. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Pray for us, we're praying for you. If you need prayer, let us know. Let us know, just contact us. Look at our website, asatt.city. A-S-A-T-T dot C-I-T-Y and we'll pray for you. Let us know. Give us feedback. We love you. God bless you. God bless your week. May you be endued with his power. May your promise come to you, which is the Holy Spirit today. Amen.